everyone. I am Libba Beecham, the assistant director of the Northeast Georgia History Center. And today I have a really cool guest. This is Tommy Valentine, the executive director of Historic Athens. Welcome, Tommy. Thank you so much for having me. And today we're going to dive into the history of music in Athens, but specifically the history of a really exciting event that I've had the honor of participating in called Porch Fest of Historic Athens and or Historic Athens Porch Fest. But first, let's just get a little bit of background about Historic Athens. I mean, this is a nonprofit that has been working to celebrate and conserve the community heritage in Athens, Georgia for over 50 years. That's quite a legacy. Tommy, just tell me about your uh, experience at Historic Athens and how it's grown over the time that you've Thank been Thank you there. so much. So yes, as you said, about 55 years ago, uh, in the city of Athens, due to great society work undertaken by the Johnson administration, a house downtown that was probably the oldest house in Athens at the time, or one of the oldest, the Church Waddle Brumby House, was set to be demolished and replaced with what is currently the federal building that many of your listeners are probably familiar with. It's that big granite imposing building with the, the long, skinny, rectangular windows. That was set to drop on the site, which would have demolished the house. A grassroots group of activists came together and actually physically moved the house to its present location across from the foundry. They were openly ridiculed because Athens really was, wasn't used to preservation work at that point in the late 60s here in Athens. And so you can go back and find in the archives, you know, open derision about whether this was even possible. But the group proved it was possible. They rehabilitated the house. Today, it operates as the Historic Athens Welcome Center. It's the Welcome Center for athens Clark County. And uh, each year, about nine to 11,000 people. It's their first stop in the classic city. Uh, from there, we formed a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And over the 55 years since, a lot of people's favorite parts of Athens are there in a good part because of the advocacy of this organization that includes the downtown Athens area that is one of the most beautiful historic downtowns in the country. It's very easy for us to take for granted we have that. Lots of communities around the country and around the state had those too, but they they shelled them out. They knocked them down, stripped them down. We fortunately still have ours because of the historic districts and protections present there. It also includes 17 different historic districts around athens Clark County, as well as beautiful places like the Linden House Art Center and other community areas that uh, help uh, tie us to our past and remind us of our connection to the community in a tangible way. So that is the background on the organization. Uh, Liva, to answer your question more immediately, I was brought into this organization as executive director a little over five years ago. And in the time since, uh, I guess this current chapter has really been hyper-focused on meeting one test in our mission statement. So our mission statement is developing community-wide understanding of the value of historic buildings, neighborhoods, and heritage. We take that community-wide portion really seriously. And so the last five years of our programming, our education advocacy, our special events like Historic Athens Porch Fest uh, has been designed on making sure we're telling the tell the full story of Athens. We're also really working to make sure that at every level of our organization, we're thinking intersectionally, and that might include who we invite onto our team, who we hire, who we invite into our board, who we invite as panelists on our public programming that we offer through the Linden House, 
And, and so to land this thing, I'll say that these days, everything we're doing is focused on telling the fullest story of Athens and doing so with the most participation from the most corners of Athens. I love that it started with this grassroots effort to preserve a historic building, especially because, I mean, for especially for a Northeast Georgia community, going back to what, uh, starting in 1805 when it was right. established, that's quite early for Georgia history. So to have many of these uh, historic buildings still preserved and the way that y'all are using them, like you said, to to tell that full story of the community in Athens. These are not just the buildings, but the lives that were uh, in those buildings expressed. I mean, that's really beautiful. And many of those buildings are also connected to the history of music in Athens, uh, especially during uh, Historic Athens Porch Fest when we have, what, 150 plus musicians and performances happening on these historic homes or the porches of these historic homes that might otherwise have not been there were it not for the preservation efforts of historic Athens. So I'd love to go into the the full story, I suppose, of Athens and its history with music and its connection to music. And then we can kind of dive into Porch Fest. But, you know, I think a lot of people are probably already familiar with famous bands uh, that really started in Athens, like R.E.M., uh, Widespread Panic, the B-52s, of course, but the history goes f- much further back than that. And I wonder if you could give us sort of a an introduction to uh, or lay the foundation of music history in Athens. Liva, I think at the heart of your question, what it evokes in me is two notions. One is resonance and one is art. To start with art, Historic preservation at first glance can look like a a frivolous thing to do, but buildings and our neighborhoods that give us a sense of place are our most recognizable forms of public art. We don't think of them that way, but these are sculptures. These are, especially if they stand the test of time, these are carefully constructed things that give our communities a sense of beauty, that give our communities a sense of worth, and that tie us in the long term to the to the sense that we're in a community that has a long story that needs to be shaped. Sometimes those stories are really painful, but when we're talking about music, when we're talking about sculpture, when we're talking about public art, uh, historic preservation and public history plays a role in all that. Resonance, I guess I'm making a bit of a pun there, but obviously resonance is a, is a term when we're talking about music, but also you know, our spaces resonate. What's important, though, is that we make sure that they resonate with each generation. You know, as people acquire these beautiful historic houses and become the stewards of them or these historic spaces or these neighborhoods, there's a life cycle, right? Someone might acquire them when they're quite young. Eventually, they become empty nesters if they choose to have children. And over time, uh, eventually, these things become passed down to the next generation. And what we found ourselves in the midst of is a generational shift in local historic preservation about six or seven years ago, where a lot of these neighborhoods are getting younger. We're seeing millennials and others move into these neighborhoods, acquire these properties. And a lot of these folks chose Athens, you know, five, 10, 15 years ago because of our music scene. And so when we looked at our community-wide mission on developing a preservation ethic, because, you know, there's only so much preservation enforcement you can do. If you really want a town that's well-preserved, you've got to have a preservation ethic. We saw an opportunity to bring the community together around 
our most famous and recognizable form of art, music, and to tie that to our historic neighborhoods and to bring all of that together. And from that uh, became Historic Athens Porch Fest. I love that you're, I mean, you're talking about a way to get these younger generations that, like you said, they're, they're coming to Athens to build their own roots there. And of course, getting to know the city's own roots is going to be a big part of feeling connected to the community. And music, of course, is something that can bring everyone together. And I think it's something that I really loved about Historic Athens Porch Fest is that it was so many different genres and so diverse in the types of music that you would see uh, and hear and appreciate there. And having that mix of the now and the past coming together and seeing families enjoy Historic Athens Porch Fest, just really running the gamut of ages and, and generations. So uh, I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about the some of the bands or some of the um, performances that have really stood out to you over the years that kind of represent that togetherness and that diversity of Athens. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk about that. So I come from the hip-hop scene in Athens. I was a hip-hop artist for about a decade, first a battle rapper and then a recording artist. And then also I was a concert promoter and uh, I guess eventually what became community organizer around the music scene. At, at the time I entered, our primary movement was trying to integrate the music scene. At the time, hip-hop was not welcome downtown, and I was encouraged and leveraged <laughs> to use my white privilege and my male privilege and my middle-class privilege to get our collective foot in the door at some of these venues and working with some really brilliant community leaders such as Montu Miller and life and the list goes on and on we were able to get our foot in the door to demonstrate what we could do and as a result the hip-hop scene which has thrived here since the onset of hip-hop 50 years ago uh, became more noticeable to the music scene in general and so that will always stand out as you know that everything i do at historic athens is informed by those experiences so you know those experiences in the hip-hop scene informed everything, you know, continue to inform everything I do here at Historic Athens. And so it was critically important that as we were developing Historic Athens Porch Fest, that it also be informed by genre diversity, performer diversity. As we were developing Historic Athens Porch Fest, we took a look at the 300 or so Porch Fests that have cropped up around the country over the last 15 years since, uh, I guess, almost 18 years since the first one in Ithaca, New York. And one of the things that we saw as an opportunity here, again, going back to our community-wide portion of our mission, was to ensure that every genre possible and every performer possible was represented. Now, that hasn't always been easy. It's become a gradual trust fall. We've had to, certain genres sign up right away and certain genres we have to go out and recruit. And then once we recruit these performers, we have to make sure that we're aligning them with the best possible locations, that we are scheduling them in such a way where if you're a supporter of the hip-hop scene, for example, that you might have something to do every single hour. And we also have to give special consideration in terms of, you know, are they treated with dignity? What experiences do they have so that word of mouth will spread? And over the last several years, it has spread. And we now, I think, are a very genre-affirming environment for performers. And, and so with every passing year, we're seeing a more and more diverse slate of performers at the event. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I when I was performing, and of course, like I, in a sense, represent one of those genres being electronic music. Mm-hmm. For anyone who doesn't know, I, I, I dabble in electronic <laughs> music outside the museum. And, you know, it was really cool because right across the street from me was like a bluegrass band playing. And here I am playing like this sort of futuristic, funky electronic music. And, you know, then after my performance, I get to go across the street and enjoy a totally different genre, go across another street and there's heavy metal bands going on, going across the street again. And we've got hip hop and so many and, you know, acoustic guitar, all all sorts of artists that really doing what they love in a place that they love and with a community that they love. And I wonder if you could talk to us about some of the historic homes. I mean, many of these, a part of it that I really love is that these are historic homes, but they may not have been, you know, they may not have a historical marker in front of them or anything like that, but there are probably homes I bet that stand out to you that have been preserved over the years by historic Athens. And I wonder if you have any favorite porches to share with us. Well, I do love that each neighborhood, you know, currently we have six different neighborhoods represented in Porch Fest. I love that each neighborhood has its own feel, its own type of porches. And, you know, of course, anything 50 years old or older meets the the formal test of historic. But even within that, you know, you, you mentioned the age of our community. You might walk by a house that's 50 years old that looks fairly new to you. You might walk by something that's 180 years old. And so I think what I love the most is the juxtaposition. So much of art is about juxtaposition. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're if you a visual artist, you're very careful in how your work is displayed and framed and lit. I deeply love that every neighborhood in Historic Athens Porch Fest, all six, although we're looking to grow that list, each neighborhood has its own combination and flavor of architectural styles and porches. And those provide incredible juxtaposition opportunities. For example, let's say you were to see a hip-hop artist perform on the corner outside of the grill versus on stage at the 40 Watt or at the Caledonia Lounge when it was open or Tasty World when it was open or in uh, Hodgson Hall. Each of those juxtapositions are going to change your perception of the art the same way that a frame might, you know, you wouldn't frame a Roscoe, right? Like each... Each choices you make and how you juxtapose art make big differences. So when you talk about favorite porches or favorite bands, my favorite thing is the special spice that comes together on having electronic music, like you're saying, on a cool, you know, uh, historic house surrounded by nature, you know, off Barber Street. For example, I love the idea of you as a performer. And I know you say you dabble, but in all honesty, I, I love you as a performer. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I, and, and, you know, I think that we could get really in the weeds here on how interesting it is that you as a performer, I as someone who attempted to perform, <laughs> that we both found our way into the world of history, right? Like, what is it that attracts us to this? And I see it a lot. I mean, REM ultimately could have lived anywhere If you go back and watch Athens, Georgia, Inside Out, and you look at those performances, which many of which are in historic spaces, you know, the then unrestored Sunny Stovall Chapel, the then unrestored Morton Theater, why are we drawn to this? And without getting deeply metaphysical here, I think, I mean, you look at it, music is a traditional thing. You're learning to play an instrument. You're learning to to jump into that tradition of singing or songwriting. You're looking to put your spin on it. 
And I think that that juxtaposes well with history. I mean, if you talk to the average hip hop artist, even if they're very new, even if they're someone like Lil Uzi Vert, who's like basically post-verbal rap, oftentimes you can see that even an artist that's very contemporary can list the lineage of their genre. You know, you know, a garage band, a random garage band might be able to tell you about Bob Dylan's discography. I think that there's something that draws us into this history. What makes Porchfest interesting is those juxtapositions. What does it mean to have, uh, you know, Dope Knife, a hip hop artist who is very cutting edge, perform on the front porch and boulevard in an area that was historically segregated? What, you know, what does it mean to take performers that at one point would have been locked out from any venue in Athens, or let alone any downtown prestigious venue, and put them on, you know, a million dollar porch? And, and, and by the way, that doesn't mean I think that this solves all the world's problems. It doesn't mean that I think it's a panacea for everything. It doesn't mean that there aren't problematic aspects to any of this. But from a, from a spectator standpoint, and every year we hear from our performers, from a performer standpoint, every year we hear from performers who go, I did 50 gigs this year and this was my favorite one. You know, the last two years, you know, my good friend, Timmy Conley, who uh, runs Wild Rumpus, urges everyone in the music community to do away with awards. And I think rightfully so. I think it creates a weird sense of competition. But one thing that I'll just bring up that I, that we were very flattered by is the last two years, the, and I, you know, this may be, those may be the only two years it ever happens, but the last two years, the, the readers of Flagpole spontaneously wrote us in for best event in Athens and we did no campaigning. We didn't share a link. We didn't go, you know, please visit now. This is just, and, and you know, the, the top readers of Flagpole, for honest, include all of these creatives, all of these performers. So what we're seeing here with Historic Athens Porch Fest is that connection of art and resonance and history and music. And I think that it's why I keep dodging your question on favorites, because my, my my favorites are, it's not like, oh, I love, that's my favorite peanut butter, or oh, that's my favorite jelly. It's what happens when we put these this peanut butter and jelly in different ways each year. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, and, and of course I, if I was in your position, I know it'd be very difficult, but uh, to, to choose those favorites in that way, you're totally right. Because each year is going to offer an experience that is totally unique for that year and that audience. And, you know, I wish I had uh, the ability to see every single performance that goes on at uh, historic Athens porch fest, because there is so much to check out but that's also kind of a fun thrill of the journey of going through this list of 150 plus musicians seeing what really piques your interest being introduced to new music genres to new experiences new artists and really it still feels like like you said it's this combination of the past and the present that really is so special to the community. You mentioned a, a couple of things that maybe our listeners might not be uh, familiar with, uh, such as the documentary from the 80s, Athens Inside Out. And I I have not seen this yet, but I definitely need to. Could you tell us, uh, what's what's your opinion of the documentary? Is it a good introduction to the um, music history of Athens? And did it sort of set the stage for Athens at all, music? I think anyone who loves Athens, Georgia, has to watch this documentary. We our staff had a very wonderful experience recently to, to participate in a screening of the documentary. The producer behind the film, Bill Cody, has recently moved back to Athens. But for those of you that aren't familiar with this documentary, because you have to track it down, 
1986, by then REM was firmly established, the B-52s were firmly established, but what has now become common knowledge nationally and internationally, Athens, Georgia, the music city, wasn't yet common knowledge. And so in 1986, a documentary premiered, Athens, Georgia, Inside Out. It featured performances from a number of Athens bands, including REM, and it displayed to the world our creative community here. What's interesting is every performance and interview is juxtaposed in a different historic space. And the narrator, of, uh, you know, the, the person they keep coming back to the most is our now dearly departed Ort. You see, even back then, the overlap between our music scene and our history world. And this documentary went off like a lightning bolt. It was mentioned in Rolling Stone and People Magazine. It was actually aired in segments on MTV, early MTV, and it became this sounding board. It became this uh, this thunderclap moment in sending creatives to Athens and developing our reputation as a place where art happens. You can see the DNA. I, I think what was the most comforting for me watching it, and thank you to Cine, you know, Cine screened it. Uh, our staff got to participate in a screening there the day of the last B-52s concert. Uh, what's so amazing to watch is, yes, a lot is different. You'll see a lot of the streetscapes look different. A lot of areas look different. But also I think what's so comforting, and this is one of the things worth loving about Athens, is how much remains the same. There's so many streets and areas and buildings and thoroughfares and public squares displayed in this movie that you immediately pick up on. Oh, I know where that is. Or, oh yeah, that still looks the same. I can't believe it still looks the same. And so that documentary does such a perfect distillation of what makes Athens worth having, while at the same time, I think making a case for it's wonderful in 2022 to still recognize Athens in a documentary from 1986. Don't we have a responsibility as the current generation to make sure we're passing down a similarly recognizable baton to the next generation? Absolutely. And in, and in a big way, I mean, that's that's what Historic Athens Porch Fest does, because, I mean, there were so many bands that I was unfamiliar with that I became familiar with just looking at that long list and checking out the bands and everything. And, you know, as a musician in Athens, I've also really experienced that sense of community and just there's really, uh, at least from what I've seen, there's just a lack of ego in the music community like it really feels like you know I can go to music venues and see some incredible musicians at open mic nights for instance and that's something that seems really unique and special for Athens given that it is a smaller city but has such a thriving creative community and I'm curious uh with those lesser known musicians in Athens are I know it's hard to play favorites, but are there any that you would recommend that our audience check out, especially when it comes to music that has a historical connection, like any uh, folk musicians <laughs> or, or you know, country musicians, bluegrass, jazz, anything that you'd like to point our listeners in their direction? Yeah. So uh, first of all, I recommend that your listeners, if they haven't already, check out your music, which I find to be really <laughs> in incredible. I, I, as I told you before this interview, I have sent at least one of your songs to about a hundred people. Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> so one thing is if any folks out there want to Google our map from last year, so every year we do a Google map that uh, is publicly available that lists all of our performers. And I think it's a great way for folks to 
go through that directory and see some of the musicians that are worth checking into. You know, Athens at a time when we as a community did a better job of supporting Flagpole, Flagpole used to have a music directory and each year there'd be like 300 bands listed in there and you could just flip through and be like, haven't heard of them, going to their website, haven't heard of them, haven't heard of them. And I think that, you know, how many communities, last year we had 160 performances at Porch Fest and of those 160, we estimate about 150 were local performers. How many, <laughs> now, I mean, about 50 of those bands shared members in some ways, which made scheduling really interesting. But, you know, how many communities can boast 150 local performers? It, you know, it's one of the reasons why we, when we vet performers for this, we're not looking for your fan count. You know, we're, we're looking for, okay, do they make real music? Do they, you know, do they lack kind of a toxicity that would, you know, undermine the culture of this event? As long as those things, as long as that isn't present and as long as they're earnestly expressing themselves, they're going to be included on that directory that your uh, listeners can find. I, I'll say that last year, for example, you know, I spent most of the, the day on my bicycle uh, just trying to cover as much ground as quickly as possible. It's definitely a pedestrian and bike friendly event. You know, some of my favorite things I got to see was I got to see Noah and Mocha's band down at Chase Park Warehouses. I got to see, I, you know, I was on Pulaski. I just randomly drove by a guy playing a theremin, which was just really awesome. Uh, at one point on my way to another performance, I happened to drive down the street behind Chase Street. And Nicholas Malice, who's one of my favorite local performers, had just filled the street. I mean, literally, it was just like spontaneously, like everyone had shown up and it was just the largest on-street concert. I had a similar moment near Boulevard where I turned on a street and Lingua Franca, who's you know, absolutely one of my favorite artists to ever come out of Athens and a good friend, Lingua had done the same thing. Like the street was full. Vision Video every year is one of the highlights. My, you know, my neighbor Dustin and, and the work they're doing is incredible. And so that tends to fill the street. Uh, I love Dustin's house and what he's chosen to do and the way he's adapted it for his needs. And, and I love that space. So, you know, the mayor show is always a special highlight. That's where Mayor Dodd Farrell, who was a musician before he became the mayor of Winterville, he plays a special show hosted by Mayor Gertz. And we've done that every year, even when we were virtual. I think that, you know, from a hip hop standpoint, I, I just, I loved, you know, the volumes hip hop showcase that took place at Flagpole this year. And then our traditional kickoff event, which happened at the fire hall this year, is with Monsoon. And we just love those folks. They're so easy and wonderful to work with. I've never seen a bigger disparity between talent and ego. And they just rock it. And so that was an incredible concert. So, you know, I, I think if you give me enough time, I'm going to individually tell you about all 160 artists. But, uh, oh, I um, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, those are just the ones I got to encounter. The, the best part about the event is... <laughs> every year the week the week after the event we get these emails and they're typically the same emails every year and they're always well-intentioned and we don't blame anybody and we love getting these but it's hey could you possibly do this over the course of several days or could you you know do it downtown on a, like three stages and the thing that makes the event the event is that it's a day of utter chaos and FOMO that you will not get to see everyone that, you know, your best bet is to choose like out of the six hours, three acts you want to see, and then just let fate drive you to other artists along the way. You know, it, I think that's what, I mean, again, just, you know, bringing this full circle, 
the best parts about Athens are the parts you stumble upon that you didn't know were there. And the best parts about our music scene are, you know, you go to see that out of town artist at the 40 watt and the, and the artists you go home thinking about are the two local acts that opened. I think that in a nutshell is Athens. And that's what we try to bring into this event. And even beyond this event, it's that sense of wonder we try to bring into historic Athens. Absolutely. I, I think that is a, a wonderful way to, uh, to conclude and, and bring things full circle. But before I do let you go, um, I mean, what is, what's next for historic uh, Athens porch fest? When can we, I know the, you're probably already in the planning stages. <laughs> so what are you excited yeah. about this year? Is there anything, anything you're trying new or just going for the, you know, just keep on improving? Um, oh, oh, and also I'd, I'd love to mention at least your estimate of how many people have attended <laughs> over the years. I really wanted to get that yeah, across so to you. It's really interesting. The virtual year, we think that somewhere in the area of twenty-five to 30,000 people tuned in around the world, you know, physically each year it, it grows. You know, the first year we had 67 concerts. Last year I said we had about 167. It's hard to estimate because it's almost two miles wide, but I've yeah. deferred to professionals who are good at this kind of thing. And in general, the best estimates on last year, for example, range from about 10 to about 18,000 people that came out to this. Wow. One person estimated a number much higher than that, that I'm not going to cite because it feels unrealistic to me. But, but, <laughs> but, you know, it's hard to argue with it because if you go out here, the average concert I was attending had a hundred or more people. And, you know, some of them were a dozen, some of them were two dozen, but if you average it out, even if you say it's 70, 80 people times 160 concerts, that's, yeah. that's, that's nuts. And so what I'll say is um, what's coming up. So we have four signature events a year, every spring we do historic Athens Mardi Gras masquerade with our sponsors of Terrapin. And this year, the theme is historic businesses of Athens. So we're celebrating businesses like, you know, Wilson styling shop and Kofers and other businesses that have helped establish this community and built a sense of community over the last 50 years. Your listeners are encouraged to come to that event. It's a wonderful affirming event. And we conclude every year with a special drag performance. I was just told a few minutes ago that the theme the drag performers have chosen this year is business. So I think that'll be <laughs> a memorable performance. Um, and so that's um, this year on Tuesday, February 21st, and tickets are available now. This May, we'll have our 55th annual Historic Athens Preservation Awards. That's our opportunity once a year to recognize great grassroots, independent preservation work done by community members. Uh, you may have seen those large white and blue banners around town in places like Cine and Creature Comforts. Tweed and other places. So that is sponsored by Nabo Realty. Then this fall, our presenting sponsor, Cafe Racer, will be supporting us in another historic Athens Porch Fest. And this year, our big plan, Libba, is to, you know, we're running out of spaces to host all of the performers that want to perform. And so we're going to be adding some geographic territory. We're looking at some of the historic districts that are connected to the the neighborhoods we already use. And so we're likely going to add some, ge you know, geographic turf and some additional areas that we haven't seen performances in before. And then um, and next winter, we will host um, our annual Historic Athens Holiday Gala again. I also want to point your listeners who enjoy history to our website and to our social media channels for our ongoing One Story Athens initiative that is directed by Hope Iglehart, our director of 
engage, community engagement in African-American heritage or the Historic Athens Welcome Center or to support us through Hands-On Historic Athens, which does direct home repairs for individuals who are low income and live in historic homes, almost always elderly community members without local family that live in older homes. And so that's a lot of our activity throughout the year. We're a member-driven organization, so folks are encouraged to support us by joining at historicathens.com forward slash join. You know, memberships begin as, as little as $5 a month. And then I guess the last thing I wanted to say before we left is to, I want to acknowledge just, you, you talked about earlier about the roots of our music scene. There's a, there's a sense sometimes that our music scene started in the 70s. Certainly there are ways that that's true. But our music scene goes way further than that. And if you go far enough back, you'll realize that that music scene has primarily been driven by African-American musicians and performers, just like is true nationally. That includes some of the performances that happened at the Maddox Center and the Morton Theater and some of the legendary performers that have come through and performed in Athens. I want to acknowledge credit where credit's due. One of the things that inspired us to do a porch fest in Athens is... I live in the Newtown neighborhood, historically African-American neighborhood here in Athens. And one of our neighbors who has lived there for quite some time, his family lived there before that, informed me that when little Richard was in at his peak, he had a family member that lived in Newtown who would keep a piano on their front porch. And anytime little Richard was in the area, they would wheel the piano out as close as they could to the road. And little Richard would do a neighborhood concert that all the neighbors would come out and see in Newtown. And I think that that just speaks to not that Historic Athens Fortress is something new and exciting, but instead that's something that continues a tradition that Athens has been doing for quite some time. Absolutely. I, I love that connection. And I I would love to um, have y'all on as a, a guest, whoever your resident expert uh, is for the earlier music history, especially the black history of Athens and the music scene there, because there's so much to dive into, folks. And I really hope that you'll explore more um, through Historic Athens. We'll ha leave those links in the show notes. So if you want to learn how to uh, become a member or check out the awesome events coming up, but I'd certainly hope that everyone will have a chance to check out uh, historic Athens Porch Fest, which I believe is, remind me of when that is going to happen um, this year? I believe it is Sunday, October 15th this year. So uh, Sunday, October 15th, it is the October Georgia football away game, which tends to be our <laughs> best time to do it. Right, right. <laughs> well, Tommy, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I love letting people know about Historic Athens and Porch Fest and all of the really cool projects that y'all have going on. And uh, I just appreciate you taking the time to share that with us. Thank you so much for just doing this cast and for everything you do musically and historically. And thanks for having us on. Then Again is a production of the Cottrell Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History Center. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps other people discover the show. There are a few great ways to support the History Center. Make a donation online by clicking the donate button on our website at www.negahc.org. Become a digital member to receive exclusive invites to members-only live streams every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And you can register on our membership page at www.negahc.org. We also have an online gift shop with lots of great items for all ages. Use promo code THENAGAIN for 15% off your online order. Valid on anything except memberships and handmade items. We'll see you next week for another episode of Then Again. Thanks, y'all.